Section 13 of The Dial, May 1920, by Various. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Berard. Section 13, Against Nightingales, by Malcolm Cowley. Picture Show, by Siegfried Sassoon. 56 pages, E.P. Dutton and Company, New York. The War Poems of Siegfried Sassoon. 95 pages, William Heinemann, London. Eight years ago, when the Georgians first appeared as a group, it seemed that they were discovering more strident harmonies, subtler dissonances. But with the publication of each new anthology, the disappointment is cumulative. Every two years, a volume bound in fresh brown boards, printed on fresh paper, but with the contents so familiar, so delicately trite, reaching with such skill to new heights of inanity out of all the group one metaphysician who slips between the boundaries of the unreal and the real one passionate consumptive one forthright satirist siegfried Sassoon, and the rest nightingales it is by their absorption with nightingales by their identification of themselves with the nightingale that one may recognize the georgians oh nightingale creature something more than a bird your trilled notes are almost the dominant tones of english poetry from chaucer's fowl that we were taught to speak of euphoniously as the nicktingal to the sentimental melodist of below wood we have been tormented by the monotony of your song your supremacy was threatened for a time by the red poppy school of war poets but once more you rule unchallenged o oh, feathered pedant o oh, banal rhapsodist confused by the tic-tac of iambics you leave me o oh, ecstatic boar homesick for the hoot-owls and whippoorwills of an ohio dusk or for one moment of lucent quiet in which to forget all the nightingales that sang from chaucer to john drinkwater when a poet like siegfried sassoon tries in lumbering pentameters to talk about something else than nightingales and the trees and meadows which are their haunt when he goes back to dawn and swift instead of the elizabethan lyricists he has to struggle against a whole tradition of vapidity he is fighting whether or not consciously for the theory of poetry as a mature art as against the theory which would attach poetry definitely to the childhood of the race and the individual too much of contemporary verse expresses the emotions of a girl of twelve in words of one syllable it throbs too insistently and seems intended for recitation over a guitar or in accompaniment with the querulous allegro of an automatic piano work of the sort was confined for a long time to the popular magazines one accepted it without a murmur but when the georgians erected this throbbing naivete into a sacrosanct school they were striking at the fundamentals of their art except their premise and poetry takes rank as a medium of expression somewhere between the movies and fancy needlework the virtues of the georgians are manifold and for the most part negative they are not unmelodious not awkward and never never improper sassoon is an alien among them he started with one poetic virtue 
honesty and that was unqualifiedly positive it was not a promising equipment for the early days of nineteen fourteen he tried his hand at the usual echoes of keats and wordsworth his imitations always impressing one as being a little more ungainly than those of his contemporaries through them he was struggling to express his own ideas not the imaginings of his models but the fact was not apparent at the time sincerity is a cheap virtue in a contented world yet to-day sassoon is the most successful of his group one searches for what he writes reads it with respect turns to him first in the biennial anthology one makes all sorts of qualifications and yet he remains a great poet as poets go in these days he arrived at this position fortuitously perhaps he will continue in it there is a certain momentum in success one regrets that the collection of his war poems is not arranged chronologically with separate dates for beginning and middle and end for one thing such an arrangement would determine whether he wrote before barbus or afterwards probably les Fous and the old huntsman were in process of composition at the same time it is certain at any rate that he only said that what whole regiments were thinking to do that is a trick that may be learned like any other trick his early war poems include not one that could not have been better written by julian grenfell or robert graves or half a dozen other men however they did not choose to lead the way the honors of the pioneer remained for sassoon following him it was to be expected that others would express the same ideas and one was not disappointed they marched forward in platoons the wilfred owens the john mccloyds the frederick mannings the richard aldingtons the herbert reeds the osbert and edith sitwells even robert nichols and robert graves began to express the disillusionment of a uniform in the face of all this superior talent one waited vainly for the eclipse of sassoon while they spurted brilliantly he marched on a bit heavy-footed to be sure but still with his eyes on the goal there is a solidity about his verse which the others lacked it enabled him to remain the leader of a movement for which he had acted as scout if heinemann had attempted a chronological arrangement of his poems it would show the steady development of a mind there was a time when sassoon was as much obsessed as any by the glamour of brass buttons he trumpeted the glory of battle but even from his loudest trombone notes the do si do of patriotism is strangely lacking later came the great disillusion the poems that resulted from it are too familiar now for a long discussion except this that the verdict of many well-intentioned critics to the contrary they are not delicately ironical the same gentleman would probably speak of lynching bees as one of the delicate ironies of american civilization sassoon lacks the masked sting of pope or voltaire he is a man with a bludgeon run amok in a mad world the end of the war found him ludicrously unprepared for three years he had been leading the way to the promised land of peace but now that he had arrived in canaan and the amalekites were dispersed he was left without an occupation still making vain gestures at imaginary opponents 
a few months passed he found himself ridiculously alone and became silent he recalled the war days to his mind perhaps in spite of himself a little regretfully and asked his countrymen have you forgotten yet for the world's events have rumbled on since those gagged days like like traffic checked awhile at the crossing of city ways and the haunted gap in your mind has filled with thoughts that flow like clouds in the lit heavens of life and you're a man reprieved to go taking your peaceful share of time with joy to spare but the past is just the same and war's a bloody game have you forgotten yet look down and swear by the slain of the war that you'll never forget with that poem he delivered his own valedictory and now he turned back to the old subjects but without the zest of antebellum days he philosophized on life deciding that it was just the pictures dancing on the screen of a picture show he assured a childless woman that he understood her since it is sassoon speaking one decides that he really believes these commonplaces this fact however does not give them the lustre of originality what position is he preparing for himself in the new civilization certainly his sincerity has its value elsewhere than on the battlefield even in a world at peace there are common thoughts waiting for someone bold enough to express them and there are abuses that stink to heaven as much as the corpses along the bapon road if he discovers them he will write about them awkwardly but directly and once more the nightingales will tune their throats for a new song while he was splashing through the iambic mud of flanders sassoon acquired somehow or other the art of writing poetry one makes note of the fact when reckoning up the chances in his favour the value of some of his later war verse depends not at all on any polemic vigour perhaps his best lines are in a poem he calls concert party egyptian base camp jaded and gay the ladies sing and the chap in brown tilts his grey hat jaunty and lean and pale he rattles the keys some actor bloke from town god send you home and then a long long trail i hear you calling me and dixieland sing slowly now the chorus one by one we hear them drink them till the concert's done silent i watch the shadowy mass of soldiers stand silent they drift away over the glimmering sand to analyze that stanza completely to explain the shifting meters the dragging in of extraneous prosaic details the alternation of direction known technically as change of pace is to understand most of the new movement in poetry from the parnassians to the unanimists if sassoon can utilize that knowledge in his civilian verse he is well on the way to a new success but first he must demobilize his intellect have pity on the poets of this war they have been feasted adored told that they were the representatives of the second renaissance since then eighteen months of peace have left them gasping in the face of a disillusionment worse than the boredom of the trenches let them rest for a time in quiet if they are not bleached too soon by the calcium of lecture tours they may recover themselves till then have pity on them End of section thirteen